0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility, but driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back.
0: I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be.
1: We just got back from a shoot for Season 3.
0: Yeah, we did. It was we successful. Had, yeah, we had the Stinger to kick it and off
1: BMW 4 Grand Coupe. Yeah. And I had a thought that I wanted to share about that and it ended up being very timely because I feel like hours before we recorded this podcast, maybe minutes before we recorded this podcast, the news came out that last night there was a death as a result Mm -hmm. of an Uber, uh, self-driving Uber in Arizona struck a woman. Yeah, this was out and in the years. And I Tempe, want to relate Arizona. the two, but yeah. I, so people have asked us about this article. I, you know, I, I guess to some degree, I'm glad it happened before we podcasted, but at the same time, I'm horrified it happened at all. Yeah. yeah uh, but the, the big, the big point I want to make, the way I want to connect that to the Kia Stinger thing, is the big thing that I was left with on the Stinger, related to autonomous cars is this. We ended up going through a massive LA traffic run. Of course we did. We're in LA. Yeah. yeah we ended up yeah. doing the stop and go thing. And I thought, you know. <laughs> Even on a weekend, which was yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. We Middle of a weekend day. It. Yeah, for sure. It's nuts. I set the, and this will come back to this article, I swear. I set the uh, automatic cruise control, which a lot of cars have now. And Kia yeah. has a very good system, very good system. A couple of things struck me. First off, it has a a follow distance setting you can have. You can have, you know, way far away, medium, or pretty close. Right. The pretty close is still not close enough for the way LA traffic works. So the the car is kind of constantly freaked out. But I I drove it for a while when I was actually at speed and it was fluctuating speed really well. And then I drove it in stop and go for a bit until it annoyed me so much I turned it off. Hmm. And the reason that it annoyed me, I think, relates directly back to this story. Yeah, I'm, I like this. Keep going, Here's, here's my point. I think the biggest problem that we're having with these systems right now versus an actual human driver is these systems are entirely reactionary. They are not anticipatory. Right, right. And let me relate it right back to my situation. When I'm driving in stop-and-go traffic, which, of course, we've all done. Everybody's done it. But you're not watching the car in front of you. You're watching the car's in front of you. Right. When somebody brakes five, six cars ahead, you see their brake lights come on. You're already off the gas. I mean, you're looking you're through the, their back window, totally. through
0: their windshield at you're the you. You're watching all the brake
1: lights domino right. towards you until right. right. the person in front of you hits their brake lights. And let's be honest. There's another thing that happens. The person in front of you hits their brake lights. They're they're probably hitting their lights before they're actually hitting the brakes. You have that moment of anticipation it, as well. It's uh, your foot covering the pedal. Exactly. That's starting to turn yeah. the lights on, finish the circuit. Right. And now they're braking. But a system in the Kia behind, in, in the key I'm sitting in behind, it is only sensing closing distance. So the mm-hmm. only time it, it stops yep. accelerating and goes on to the brakes, and it doesn't really do a coast either. It, it's just doing one or the other. The minute it, it transitions is because now we have closing distance. But by that point, you now have to have a pretty serious braking event, much more so than I would have were I driving. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. ended up turning it off because I realized I was much smoother. And, and and here's the thing: this system works as well as pretty much any system I've I've driven that does this. But I was much smoother. It was a much more comfortable ride for me to do it myself than to let the automatic system do it. I realized if I would sat in this every day, I'd probably just get used to it and be fine with it. But that's the, back to this situation: a woman steps into this, into the street, not in a crosswalk. This system, uh, all systems, are set up to anticipate only no rephrase react to only the situations they've been programmed to you throw in a curveball, like not in a crosswalk
0: ladder in the road it can't
1: anticipate it can't think ahead it goes i don't know what to do
0: yeah i i've got a lot of thoughts here and we are horrified that this happened stay with me when i make this comment here just stay with me for a moment let it go by it's very debatable and very controversial but i have heard this this is not my own comment from that recent autonomous conference I went to, I heard a speaker mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. you know, people killing people, humans killing other humans. It's not okay, but it's a part of the world that we live in. That that happens.
1: We we are aware that it goes on.
0: We are aware it goes yeah. on. Just let that go by. But then when a machine kills a human, that is flat out, mm-hmm. full stop, not okay. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. some technology kills a human being, yes. well, yes. No. Mm-hmm. no. No, 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 no. Which I agree with. And again, the whole statement is very controversial and debatable Mm -hmm. for a long time. But here we have this pedestrian. She was walking her bicycle on the street outside of a crosswalk. Say, uh, you know, we're looking, we're anticipating people, to your Mm -hmm. point... Mm -hmm. They're about to enter the crosswalk. The car is only looking within the confines of the street. And yeah. only if there is somebody starting to walk a crosswalk, not looking at that person kind of reading their eyes, you're reading right, their body yeah, totally. language and, totally. oh, they're about to step in the crosswalk. My foot's already covering the brake. Yeah. I'm already there. Yeah. I even looked at people's tires. This is strange. I know, but yeah, I know where you're think going. Think about yourself in the number one lane. You're moving mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. Cars are merging from the right and they're merging from lane three into lane two. yeah. And you're kind of going, all right, I'm anticipating and I'm watching the front tires of that car. And as soon as they turn, I'm going, those wheels Here will turn come. before they even hit the turn signal. Yeah. And then there it is. Sure enough. I was right. They want to come in front of me. Yep. I knew you were coming over. Yeah. Autonomous cars are not working like that way mm-hmm. or that way yet. And I know Uber is very much operating in the Tony Stark headspace of you've got to run before you can walk. Let's sure. get it out there. Yeah. But, to their credit, they have canceled or stopped all of their current testing in Tempe, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and Toronto. Mm-hmm. They need to sort this out, and there's a whole heck of a lot more simulation and testing that needs yeah. to be done before we're there. And I it's, feel like this is a big setback for Uber, but for the autonomy in general. But there there needs to be way more closed-course simulation and digital simulation before we can keep doing it. It's just that these systems
1: don't have an ability to contemplate the un, unexpected. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we do oddball things. We just do. We just do weird, well, I'm just going to do this right And now. as
0: human beings, you can kind of relate to the person about to get on totally. the crosswalk. Like, if that were me, I'd probably be stepping out on the crosswalk expecting the car to stop. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, they're probably thinking the same thing like I would. Yeah. Start to cover the brake with your foot. And, and it's
1: and I, I was very struck kind of anew with this with this Kia this weekend which you know this is not any kind of slide against the Kia All these systems are this way, but I was very struck while driving it, especially in the stop ago I came to a stop at one point with my feet off the pedals. so mm-hmm. it was doing a perfectly fine job. I just was smoother and the only reason I was smoother is because I was looking for
0: different cues and I was anticipating and the system is reacting. Very much so. It's just reacting only to what it sees at that Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And in some cases, it's not reacting correctly. I mean, it's still algorithms.
1: Yeah, It's, it's and it's, and here's the thing. It In every situation, the, the Kia that I was driving, this system did nothing wrong. But it did nothing wrong in the same way that a person that's been driving since yesterday did a fine job today. Hmm. But how how different are they in traffic as far as smoothness <laughs> is concerned? Somebody's been driving in stop and go for 20
0: years. Totally different thing. This brings up the question that the trial lawyer at this conference brought up, and it was ultimately, who's responsible? When they get through investigating this accident and go through the steps of, here's what happened, the timeline, yeah, I'm sure yeah, they've yeah. got it on camera on a dash cam.
1: I'm sure, yeah. On
0: and on and on. Yeah. What will they find, and who's ultimately responsible? Is it the code? Is mm. it the coders? Mm. I, it's an excellent question, and here, it's unfortunately, yeah. we finally have an excellent example of what to go determine. Yeah. I'm very curious as to the outcome. Well, and it's also, uh, sorry, my
1: last thought that's fl- filtering through my head on this for right now. It's further <laughs> proof of the fact that we're at stage two of the of the four or five stages. Which is you know, still pretty much cruise control on your normal car. Yeah, it, it's, it's essentially two systems are controlled. Steering and, and uh, your gas braking are controlled at the same time. You know, th- this is a step we're on because the unexpected stuff the system throws up its hands.
0: hmm yeah. Yeah, it's just tragic. So, uh, of course, more news to come on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, switching gears to uh, thanking you guys for writing questions to us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. We're recording a little bit earlier in the day, which is nice. And uh, like Todd said, we just got back from a great shoot. This kicks off our season three, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. We haven't actually shot anything really quite yet. We realized we hadn't
1: shot since December because I went underground into editing. And then, of course, it snowed here in Utah, and so we didn't have anything we could shoot locally. So it's always been travel stuff, which is not a problem at all. So we went to L.A., and we're starting seriously into Season 3, which we're very excited about.
0: Yeah. Season 2 is still currently on Velocity. Yep. Huge thanks to our sponsors. You've heard it before, Covercraft, our friends at Grios Garage, and also Auto Tempest. If you use the code EVERYDAY with Covercraft and Grios, you will get 10% off with Griot's Garage products. Yes. Free shipping with Covercraft. Keep We've got a
1: GRIOS giveaway coming up, so stay tuned for that as well on social media. That will happen there. Did
0: you see the uh, news about the BMW M2 competition possibly coming out, possibly revealing itself? We'll see. This guy's excited.
1: You know I what? I'll tell exist. you that you, you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and put a preemptive uh, deposit down. No, I'm not. That's because right. They're you're gonna who, tell me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and, and, and you bought a porch. Yeah,
0: I did buy a porch instead. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's made out of tracks and steel and yeah has a nice view, but yeah <laughs> it doesn 't go anywhere it 's not yeah. fast <laughs> and it 's not that good looking in comparison <laughs> well guys we 've got great couple of debates here, interesting debate from Rav in uh, the u k mm-hmm. he 's in East London, wanting to buy a pickup truck, which will be very cool and then uh, after the break we 've got Clem out in Carlsbad California, beautiful area of the country, and uh he has currently uh driving a work truck as a matter of fact and looking for uh, a couple of things, $5,000 fun car. But he's also asked us the question, how do you make your wife into a car wife? Yeah. Is that like a golf widow? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a car widow is possible. <laughs> I never see him anymore. He has that car. That, that, that's unfortunate, but hopefully we'll cover that a little bit.
0: Not the case. All right. So, Rav, thanks for writing in. Really appreciate it. We will just get after it and uh, get into your debate because yeah. he says, Hi, guys. Considering you're in the birthplace of pickups, which would you recommend if you were to be in the UK? Mm-hmm. As I said, he's out in East London as a car enthusiast, currently owning a 1989 E30 BMW in Calypso Red, and the soon-to-be wife he has a Hyundai i10. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on your upcoming nuptials, and uh, we're really thrilled for you. But she's already a bit of a petrol head, yeah, and that's wants cool. him to that's keep really cool. the E30, which is awesome. So he's happy about that, but then she wants to go from one extreme to another and replace that i10. With a pickup truck, a 4 by (laughs) 4 Does she want to be up high? Does she want the high eye-level driving experience? Is that kind of the foundation for this change?
1: I, I wonder if it's just the, you know what, when else in life are we going to have
0: this ridiculous vehicle? I wonder about that. You know, I wonder if it's that part of that. But I mean, knows? is that going to be towing your race car, and that's going to bond you guys even more? I don't think we're not into ra- We're just we're just buying a pickup. We're not buying a race car yet. There's no towing Pickups yet. Equal race car truck
1: towing. In, in your mind, it does. Yes, I me. get that. Yeah,
0: some people haul stuff with it, or ranching, or just drive it around. I I see none of that. <laughs> See, I think of that because of coming from Texas.
1: I think, you know, there are actually people here that use their trucks. There's a lot of people that don't use their trucks and just commute in their
0: trucks for inexplicable reasons. Yeah. But there are those people that actually use them as well. Agreed. All right. Well, she's always loved the idea of having one. That's why. And she's brought that dream alive. Personal favorites in the past, he says, have been the Ford F-150 and very old Broncos like the one Stone Cold Steve Austin is floating around in currently, which is pretty cool. And, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, 70s Broncos. Those are the cars built by Icon, Icon 4x4. Yeah. Well, those are in high demand. They are searching the country for those things. Yeah, if you to can throw down for Icon, yeah. You know, then they're worth 300000 at that point. But yeah. they use architectural glazing in the windows. How cool well, is that? But, okay, but I'm sorry, but Stinger 911 or Icon
1: 4x4? Well, yeah, there I'm, you go. Because that's the other thing about it. I don't think it. This is. I'm the 911's sorry. double the price, though. But, you but, know. But, he, well, but it then it depends 11. on how you, you spec it, though. Here's the thing, though. Thinking about Icon builds versus Stinger builds, are people buying Icon 4x4s and actually using them off road? I doubt it. Whereas, conversely, if you buy a Stinger, I think there's a chance you're kind of using it as intended. Whereas I think yeah, you're buying an Icon 4x4, it's just a really super clean 4x4 that is very capable, but you're
0: not doing any of that
1: with it. I told I you the story that However, rich guy who
0: bought one and forgot that he owned yes, it in his, I... one of his seven houses. <sighs> his wife was like, don't you already
1: own one? Called up Icon to order one, and they went, sorry, sir, you're already on our books? Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I guess I do. I parked it in the garage of my seventh house. Ridiculous.
1: However, I will say, if you have a Stinger and you have the quilted leather engine bay, you're not driving that car either.
0: I would get over that. I, I would get out of that pretty quickly.
1: Well, but just don't get the quilted quilted engine bay. It's right. an engine bay. Right. It's an engine. It needs I mean, to run. It it's going to get dirty. I'm sorry. It's not a showpiece. I'm off on a rant for some reason because that happens to me. You so, never do that. Yeah, exactly. But so we're not talking about Icon. We're talking about ten thousand pounds worth of budget here, right? Right. To get a
0: pickup, wrenching us back. The definite specs that they are looking for are first of all double cab, mm-hmm. which seems to be the primary build configuration in the UK and Europe for for pickups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is a good thing. Manual transmission and petrol, so gasoline engine. Because of the diesel restriction with uh, a reasonable miles per gallon, so mm-hmm. reasonable MPG. Also, he's never driven one. So, you know, <laughs> pros and cons to living within a budget. Pros are, you know, of course, you're within the budget. Cons are you driving a pickup truck, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. The, the, the European ones are going to avoid this a little bit, but the traditional U.S. pickup truck doesn't ride very well. Because this is the rear suspension is designed to have a bunch of stuff in the bed, yeah, and yeah. is stiff and doesn't have very good damping, and so as a result, you go down the road and they just they vibrate, they they dance, and not in a good way. Yeah, it's called that's the, the solid rear axle. Yeah, no, that's the traditional American pickups. Now we have we're slowly going away from that, and they're getting to where they ride kind of like the big SUVs. Sure, like yeah. the big, like the Suburbans and that kind of thing. They ride like those, which are which are much better set up as far as ride is concerned. That's not as much of an issue in the UK, obviously, because a lot of the ones that are built there are built to be your everyday car. But – you are dealing with a larger car. Do you have a need for it? Are you ever going to use this pickup? Which I have to ask. Is this going to get used as a pickup at all, or is it just have a fun car? Obviously, I'm going to back up have a fun car, but I'm wondering about that part.
0: Yeah, exactly. I've uh, been looking around here, Rav, and uh, I think I've found some interesting things to discuss for you. First of all, I'm going Toyota. First of all, the, like I said, the Hilux pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Is a worldwide bestseller. Yep. Reliable as heck. Yep. And I found you one in Aberdeenshire. Is that the correct pronunci- pronunciation? Uh, no, I'm it's terrible not. At but it I'm not I going to that. attempt to do it. Yeah. But I can pronounce Birmingham. It's Birmingham. 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 I can do that one. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is close. So an O2 Toyota Hilux double cab, 2.4 VX270. It is a petrol engine, mm-hmm. gasoline engine. It's uh. It's double cab, it looks great, looks top condition, it's an 02, and it was right around 7,000 pounds, I think, somewhere in there. I found multiple Hilux
1: as well, and that is my almost sniper shot for this. Really? I think the Hilux is
0: really the place to shop. I want to talk about some other things, but that's a definite go-drive. Yeah, I've got a few other things here too. Because of your mention of the Ford Mm F-150 and Dodge Rams... Mm -hmm. So there's this website, (laughs) Rav. It's David Boatwright Partnership. It's boatwright.co.uk. We're not getting a dime from them. That's not the point. The point is they import and have supplied American cars and pickup trucks in the UK for the last 30 years. And they're FCA authorized. They do Ram trucks. I even see a Cadillac Escalade Escalade on their website here. (laughs) Escalade. It's the best. I know. Uh they are in Essex northeast of London. Okay. And okay. I'm wondering if you go to them now they're obviously dealing in a lot newer cars. They're dealing here. in high end stuff. They're brand pretty new stuff, high end, yeah. but I'm just wondering after being in business for so long they've got repeat customers maybe wanting to trade up trade in to the next thing saying, yeah. "Hey, yeah. this one's coming off, mm-hmm. you know, this one's coming in, this guy's going to trade up and suddenly a Ford F150 in the UK might be available through this David Boatwright partnership. They
1: may have the contacts, that's an interesting point. They may be able to point you in the right direction. I hadn't thought of it that way. Because, I I mean, there's
0: Amarok's, there's Fiats, there's the Nissan's, there's Renault trucks, and they're all configured, that double cab, pretty much the same. Yeah, they're very similar. I'm leaning towards, as you are, the Toyota Hilux, Mm -hmm. because of the reliability, Mm -hmm. long term, all that kind of stuff. So that could be an option, but this David Boatwright, if you want a Dodge Ram or just a Ram truck, interesting i mean that is interesting huge, for sure yeah but you would definitely stand out i mean yeah well that that's you'd the stick out of two parking spots probably but you know just saying well but here's my big question
1: for rob and and it hasn't been discussed but he brings up ford f-150 and this and i d- dug around a little bit i found a couple of interesting things one specifically i have to call out but i had this thought are you cool with left-hand drive right because that's right. the new complication you're adding if you really chase the big american pickup you're going to want something left hand drive and that adds all kinds of complications to just getting in and using it yeah so yeah. i you got to really i think figure that hurdle out first if you really are okay with it because i mean you know like right hand drive here in the us you just suddenly go Oh, there's another reason why I wish I was on the other side of the car. You just keep finding them. <laughs> so it, it, that's the thing to really, really ponder on this. I mean, yeah, they're out there. I found some Ford Rangers, and that's an interesting uh, interesting option. I actually found a couple Chevy Colorados. Right, right. Um, of course, you know, Paul's got this great idea. Actually, I think that's a good idea. Find people that are buying them and see what old stuff they have. But I stumbled onto this that I can't believe exists in the U.K. All right. Somebody is selling a used 2004 Ford F-150, Harley-Davidson 100th-year anniversary edition. You're kidding me. With the big Harley-Davidson logos on the door and on the center console. I mean, I'll be honest. It's America obnoxious. It really is. <laughs> it's the it's the Harley-Davidson 100th-year anniversary edition.
0: You're kidding being me. Being
1: sold right now in the UK for 11.5 thousand pounds.
0: So just outside of the
1: budget, yes. but that but might I, be worth but it. But I was so close. It was like, that's you've worth. got to be yeah, kidding me. And of course, that's, that's it's left-hand suggesting. drive. And I'm not claiming that is a good truck to rush out and buy, but I thought you are one of one.
0: Yeah, true. And, you know, they're yeah. selling for a myriad of reasons, but you could, <laughs> Which they're might, there is the the, point. the reason might be, please get this off my lawn. Who knows? But there could. was. I tell you, I saw a uh, 1970 Mustang Mach 1 in Rome when I was there four or five years ago with California tags on it. And it was a. You're kidding. it was a normal sight to me, but then my brain clicked and went, the surroundings, my environment, that's, isn't yeah. normal. There's You're the Colosseum back not there. Here. Wow! It was parked and going. Yeah, Orange Mach 1 with California. I'm in Rome. What? What is that, that doing is here? Nuts! And they were rocking it. Everybody's just going. Ah, oh, that's coolest thing wow. ever. Wow. Anyway, so my uh, my last suggestion here, of course, is uh, it might be way out in the weeds because, okay. well, I know it is. It's not double cab. Okay. But it's the El Camino. It's the modern El Camino, the Vauxhall HSV Maloo. I mean, are they over there? I—that's my question. I, I'm still researching and digging into those. They probably of course, had all over some Australia.
1: In, probably had some imported. I bet. That's my
0: question: yeah. is if you yeah. go back a few years, say eight, ten years, and it doesn't have to be the hot boy, you know, the hot engine right now. Yeah. But could the Malou. you go back, I see it. I Malou. see it. Yeah. It's the El Camino modern. Yeah, you know, okay. fastest pickup ever, or whatever. That know. is funny. I hadn't gone there. That's that's, interesting. that's the total wild card it out is, in the that, weeds. No, that's a good wild card. I'll give you that. I'll you give know, you that. But yeah. it doesn't do the things that she might be wanting to pick up for. <laughs> Ride height, four doors you know, pickup-y kinds of things. It's and just I, a fast car with, oh, instead of a back seat, you have a pickup in.
1: Yeah, and I really think you're going to want want to shop something that is modern with independent suspension and, and is is set up, I hate to say it this way, but, but truly set up more like a car setup than a traditional American truck setup because I think in the UK, you're just going to be so much happier with that setup.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. So this is, uh, this is interesting. I'm wondering if you can really find an <laughs> F-150. I'm actually kind of leaning towards that direction if you could find one it,
1: though, it, it is the
0: perfect all-american i bought a pickup and everybody but you're, go. oh you drive an f-150 but you left-hand drive left-hand drive yeah but it's the equivalent of owners as you said here driving yeah. skylines around driving and they they just
1: get used to it yeah yeah, it's yeah a possibility yeah. yeah you tolerate it for sure yeah. but then
0: you know when you go on a road to to france and germany you're fine back to normal true i guess i guess
1: <laughs> you you go on road trips to Europe so your car makes sense again that's ridiculous <laughs> exactly.
0: but funny get it on the channel I go and uh, yeah pick up a case of wine in France and Get back in the channel and drive it home. Well, or you, many cases of wine because you'll have a pickup truck. Perfect. Exactly. Fill the entire bed. Just look, <laughs> officer. I'm using it as intended. Please go leave to Bordeaux me alone. and but, fill the bed and drive back, and you're good. I don't Justifies you,
1: the use of the pickup truck. I don't know if you remember this, but when Tom did his first Mustang GT piece for us, mm-hmm. the German perspective on the Mustang, which is a really fun. Yeah, piece. it's a riot. In the middle, he's talking about how huge it is and how you know it has almost as big as an American pickup, and just happened to catch it going the other way during his shoot at one point. So he used that shot there, which was perfect is one of those like dark red maroon Ram pickups going the other way down the road.
0: And it was just all American
1: shot in the the middle, in the middle of, and and (laughs) and he happened to be a shot like on the edge of a German little town. You can tell this is not the U S and it's Mustang going one way, Dodge Ram pickup going the other way. It's like, what just happened that's here? That's awesome. Very cool.
0: We've seen Rams on the Ring. They've become the official Ring fire truck. That's so crazy Which is to me.
1: really, really weird it to see. It just strips
0: your is seeing the Ram out there, like,
1: you know, and driving around. Painted black with some flame graphics, and that's the... Uh, and a part of me wants to like interview the guys that drive those for fun because they hoon them, too. Yeah, totally. So it's this big black ram being <laughs> hooned around the ring with the yellow lights blinking. It's it's
0: a very mind-warping moment. It is great. Well, uh, you've got some decisions to make here, Rob. Thank you so much for writing in. If you've got your own debate, write to us. As I say always, TV at gmail.com. Or find us on the website. That is just straight up com. You can reach out to us on the website. You guys have been emailing us so much. And yeah, it's great stuff. Huge appreciation great stuff. for all the, the great stuff. People are just writing, checking in, saying, hey, I dropped this article. You know, mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. this, found that. It's a lot of fun, so thank we you. Are,
1: we are reading it all, so thank you guys for all the engagement that you're doing. If you wouldn't mind, we would really appreciate your ratings and your sharing of the podcast. That is mattering. That, that is keeping us in the top ten. It's helping other people find the podcast. I read an email just this morning about a guy who's going back and starting from the beginning, listening to the new ones and starting from the beginning. It's crazy. That keeps happening, but it's because yeah. people discover the podcast that they want to do that. We love that. It's so cool, so thank you for that. Also, if you're an IMDb user, we'd appreciate your rating on IMDb. A couple of you have done that. Thank you. Rated ratings and reviews there matter, not just because I am weirdly vain and I would like to see an IMDb <laughs> rating. It's not that. Honestly, it's because they are owned by Amazon. And as our stuff goes to Amazon, that relates to the algorithm for other people to find the show. Yeah. So in the next few weeks, we will let you know for sure that we are on Amazon uh, on the Prime there. Some stuff will be free. Some stuff will be uh, paid on demand. But it's headed there as well. And that IMDb thing will help.
0: Guys, we will take a short break and come right back with another debate. See you in a minute.
1: Let's talk about the National Humane Society for a moment. may seem strange on a car show, but here's the reason. First off, I have a dog that's 11 years old. Her name's Sierra. She came from a shelter. We love her. She's amazing. Mutt's rule, I have to tell you. Find a mutt. That is the dog you want. Chance, who sometimes sits in on our show and actually is a great shooter for us, he and his wife, they have dogs from shelters. National Humane Society is great because they're taking care of homeless or neglected animals. They give them food. They give them medical care. They get them into nice shelters with vaccinations so that people can adopt dogs,
0: cats. You can get a great animal from one of these shelters. But, you know, they're also raffling off a brand-new Porsche Carrera convertible and a brand new Tesla Model S. Every donation is currently being matched. So this will double your contribution and you can make a difference. So go to org right now. Like I said, you can win a lot of different cars. But most notably a Porsche 911 or a Tesla Model S. Your donation is definitely going to help save animals. And if you use the promo code Everyday Driver, you get five extra tickets for free. Go to NationalHumaneSociety.org right now. You can save animals and enter to win some very cool cars. Hello, guys. It's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen, every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to Your Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts at PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review.
1: Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars
0: in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or
1: more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today.
0: Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Guys, we're back with Clem's debate. He's out in Carlsbad, California, and uh, he's got a double-barreled debate here for us. Two questions at once, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, realizing that $5,000 is not a lot of money to go purchase something that's fun. That's the first requirement. But he's also saying something that will increase in value for $5,000. We've debated a $5,000 car in the past a few times, and it's always successful and very interesting. But something that will increase in value is a bit of a twist. Yeah, I think it's a bridge too far. Do you? I think it's a bridge too far. It may be. I I think, look, look, Clem, I want
1: to get into the story at large here. But when you're shopping at $5,000, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I know I wound up with the world's cleanest $5,000 Mini. But you're shopping locally and being surprised what you discover. And that's the truth of my Mini. Yeah. I wasn't shopping for Minis. I was shopping for a clean car that I thought I wouldn't care about it getting beat on in the winter that might hopefully be somewhat fun to drive. And while looking under that $5,000 figure within 100 miles of me, I started finding first-gen minis. And I went, a mini? Yeah. Who knew? And then it was digging into what minis are clean, and most of them were being sold as is. And I'd write the owner, and I'd get a page back of this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But it's easy to fix. Like, oh, I'm not doing that. And I found this clean one. So it's, it's kind of a lottery ticket is kind of what you're doing. You're just kind of hoping for the best, and you still might get burned, honestly. So I think shop five thousand dollars, find the most fun thing, and I want to get into what you're looking for beyond that. But let go; it's going to earn money. <laughs> it's this is this is yeah. it. And I realize on the other end of the spectrum, five thousand dollars is not pocket change. I know that. I know that's a real. That's a real. I mean, that was the amount, total amount of money I had to shop for a mini was five grand. I couldn't go above that.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I get
1: it's still an actual figure, but in the in terms of cars, you're buying. You're buying, you're gonna be the last owner of what you're buying. That car is probably going to be disposed of when you're done. Yeah. So shopping and trying to hope it's going to gain its value, it's not. It's at the bottom of the depreciation curve and buy it, enjoy it, use it, and you're done.
0: Yeah, although it is still a point of personal ironic glee that you found the world's best five thousand dollar card despite As much as the I fact don't that do that I have this crazy mini which I, is nuts. I still yeah. have to laugh at that. But I, I hear it. I I get it. It's very rare. It it just it it was a total one off. Maybe a two off if somebody else finds that so, Clem, uh, I like your story here. When he turned 16, his parents bought him 05 WRX STI. He said, just for the record, if you give a 16-year-old an STI, we'll be buying him new tires 10,000 miles later because, of course, he's learning how to dump the clutch and do power slides, as one does. Of course. but he Well, was, let's put uh, it another way. You cannot
1: expect a 16-year-old to not try that in whatever car they got. Pretty much. If it's a car that can
0: actually do that, it's just smoky tires that's all it is I went off roading in the jeep but yeah that was that was my whole thing of course you did found an empty lot in uh, you know between built houses and bounding through the dirt and it was bad I I did both slalom
1: events (laughs) that were not intended to be slalom events and and off roading in the Caprice classic that (laughs) I had yeah there was a road near me suspension travel coming up seriously there was a road near me that was one of those roads that they built expecting an industrial park (laughs) and there was no industrial park Nice. So it was just a road with two lanes on either side, and the and the medians, the, the small medians, like median big enough for one tree, with a break, and then it would break and break. That was my own slalom course. You've never seen body roll until you have chucked a Caprice Classic down a four lane <laughs> slalom course with trees in the middle, and also found out that that car topped out about ninety five. Same road, by the way. You know, boy, is this road useful? Yeah, exactly.
0: Man, just by my house, and there's nothing there. Perfect. Don't those things have solid rear axles? They're just solid. They're, They're not just solid. Not a the good way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a safe mm-hmm. turned into a car. They just sort of, yeah, manage to form for sure. a car shape. Because I didn't, of this I thing. didn't
1: have the cool like former police setup. It was just a Caprice Classic, just just car. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, Clem was recently married to a beautiful and wonderful lady. Congratulations as well. But she doesn't understand his passion for cars. So this is why they've <laughs> talked about this five thousand dollar budget over here, and he's got some thoughts that he's thinking about, which are. Interesting, something yeah. that I have not considered, but I'm curious as to why you gravitate towards this direction. They are the Datsun 240 or 280Z, mm-hmm. Mercedes 350 or to the 560 SL, probably manual transmission, or the Mercedes C36 AMG, mm-hmm. which is interesting Five thousand dollars you c thirty six a m g well he's but
1: uh, I guess if you go with an old beat down one enough i mean there 's a lot of cars out there for five grand that are frightening you know hmm. there there it is five grand be careful, uh, so anyway, the thing about this is he 's hoping with this five thousand dollar budget to find kind of the ultimate weekend car at that price he 's not looking for a project. I want that noted this is this is not a i 'm buying a car to build this is i 'm buying a car to drive it 's got to run yeah. that 's a key thing yeah. here. And he's hoping, I mean, again, I think the increase in value has got to go out the window, but you want a great driving experience out of it. Mm -hmm. So I actually think of your list, I, I see your Datsuns, 240, 280Z, I think those are great. If you can find a clean one that has not been modded some weird direction, those could be really cool, inexpensive, fun, that's that's classic motoring and a great setup for sure for five grand if you can find one of those things that is a good one i have other ideas but of the ones you list initially though that one strikes me as the most kind of fun for your money simple straightforward
0: car Hmm. Hmm. interesting i'm with you on the uh the value thing it's going to be hard at that price point to have it go up in value i mean there there is a bottom of the market for every car yeah but it also depends on the car and it you know, it's got to be pretty decent shape for it to start going back up. Yeah, yeah, and then it has to have that random
1: "everyone wants one" demand to really pull it up.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there is
1: honestly, there is a chance that this five grand figure—if you bought one, whatever it is—at five grand, and you keep it really nice, or you might make it a little nicer—you might get out of it for five grand and just break even. You're you saying? might just—I bought it for five grand. I drove it for two years. I sold it. That's possible. Yeah, but like, you bought yeah. it for five grand, and in
0: five years, it's now
1: worth ten. I just don't see that
0: happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got some suggestions here for you, Clem, along the lines of salvage title. And I brought this up because of your idea, this is the end of the line for the car you're buying at that price point. This is the last. You're the last buyer. I've embraced that mindset. Sure. Why not a salvage title that would get you a nicer car? Because it's the weekend car. It depends on the reason, of course. Mm -hmm. If the car has been submerged... I might walk away. If it's if it somehow has two VIN numbers, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> exactly. Don't get that one either. But salvage can happen for many reasons. Just, yeah. Yeah. you know what? The insurance company didn't want to put the money into fixing the front fender because the underpan or the chassis was cracked. It's a Lotus Elise. I understand. Yeah. It's an Elise. The clamshell yeah. was cracked or whatever yeah. it is. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, maybe, like I said, something from an insurance claim, the car is just sitting there, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, This is a perfectly good car, except for that rear quarter panel that buckled the under, you know, the under floor or something like that. BMW's being prone to this. Mm. Small taps from the rear will buckle the floor pan and gone. Salvage. We're done. Sure. Interesting. Take your money. Move on. (laughs) That used to be the case with, you know, the three series and, you know, I'd say mid 2000s and earlier. Something like that. All right. Keep going. So I'm looking at salvage titles, which maybe you could get into a Toyota 86. If you could get a five thousand dollar Toyota 86, interesting. Yeah. That could okay. be fun. Okay. But what I'm doing here is trying <laughs> it's missing to tie half this the car, in. but it's cheap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to tie this in to the second part of your question here. Or the second part here: How do you make your wife a car wife? <laughs> 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 which um, it's gotta be intertwined here because if she's going to let you go spend five grand and now you've got your thing, how does that involve her?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I'm thinking road trips. I'm thinking a destination of her choice that you go and use your new $5,000 car. Okay. So that led me to things like a Toyota MR2, okay, the MX-5 Miata. Mm -hmm. I kept going to an E36 BMW M3 convertible. Okay, maybe five thousand. Okay, I wouldn't call that a project car, but they will run, and you might want to do stuff to it. To just they will kind run, of and then
1: they will ask ask for stuff. They will do both. Yes,
0: upon it, or just simply an E thirty BMW three series convertible. Yeah, it just runs. It's fun to drive. One of the yeah. best handling cars. Well, just fun.
1: Just an E thirty, not a convertible. Just an E thirty. Well, just I thought nice.
0: convertible because it might be more attractive. To, yes, to go on the road trips and more. involve I agree that. I agree that. his yeah, wife, possibly, possibly in the effort to turn her into a car wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the grand plan, and I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> but I'm yeah, she's
1: listening, I'm, arms crossed.
0: How much longer is this podcast? <laughs> exactly.
1: Aren't we allowed to go to dinner yet? Because you've got to be kidding. These guys again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: huh? yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm thinking some sort of special event. That is a destination. Palm Springs. You're close enough to Palm Springs. Yeah, possibly. Take a weekend, convertible drive, you tool around, you look at landscape, you look at property together, you (laughs) do stuff. (laughs) You get out there in your new $5,000, whatever it is. Possibly, possibly. That's why I went to convertibles, especially this E36 M3. I'll bet you they're cheap enough. Maybe. maybe. But then you add the salvage title into the mix for various reasons, and we could get there. Possibly, yeah. That's that's the you' your that's where my headspace you're is at. on the fringe, but I like it. I am. I do, I'm yeah. I'm dancing on thin ice right now, but I figure, you okay. know, I'm trying to push uh, push my own okay. proclivities, right. push my own thoughts. Sure. Sure, honestly, sure. just you know, rather than coming back to some of the, you know what, just get, a Miata. A well, Miata is great. But that's it the thing. Work. I'm going to say
1: you really need to shop Miatas. I'm just going to go ahead it's and throw on and say it on my list because. I think it's the it's the entry level car for everything you're talking about. You can get yeah. them cheap enough; they're going to run. It is a simple convertible. I think your wife will enjoy it. I want to go off on a separate thing about the wife question in a minute,
0: but but <laughs> I but, kind of figured.
1: But all of those things are right there at Miata. It's the obvious answer here. It doesn't mean it's the answer, but it is an obvious answer that will work for what we're talking about. Yeah. So I think. I'm surprised it's not on your list. You may be shaking your head going, I don't want a Miata. I'm telling you right now go shop MX5s. You will enjoy driving that car, and I think your wife will enjoy it too. And I don't think it'll eat your lunch on cost. That's no, a thing definitely. here. Buy it, drive it, enjoy it. What I don't want you to do is to buy $5,000 and just wind up with a four wheeled problem. Yeah. That's no fun at all. Yeah. Okay? I mean, I also thought here you could actually shop uh, maybe 350s. Maybe. I think that's the bottom of the 350Z market right now. Lots of aftermarket. You could make yeah. that car super fast. I don't know that it's a it's no. a car that your wife is actually going to be like, hey, let's go jump in the 350. She might. I think the convertible is a little more accessible. But the 350 is interesting. You could, of course, do 300Zs. You could do these things. But I, I'm now getting bigger than the 240 where we started, and I think that's a real touch point. I also thought of – you mentioned the E30, not the M3 version, just an e Just a straight-up E30, yeah. Fun car, pretty reliable cars. Absolutely in this price. I mean, come on, some of them that are down there in Salvage World wind up in lemons. Okay, yeah. So those base E on for twenty four hours. You just enjoy them. It's just a fun chassis to drive. You could go nuts. My wild card in this area is the Porsche nine forty four. Okay. You could get them. I don't know how well it's going to run. That's my concern <laughs> for the five thousand dollar Porsche nine forty four.
0: Ten thousand dollar nine forty four will run.
1: Theoretically. Might not be the best 944
0: ever. There's a a guy here
1: locally that I know, Robert, who bought actually one of the cleanest ones I've ever seen. Now, it was not the Turbo. He bought it for, I think, six grand, kind of like my Mini. He bought it from six, Mm might have been seven grand. Stick shift, uh, late 80s car, stick shift, lots of miles. I think it had like 145,000 miles on it. Fuck. But just like the Mini I bought, it was bought from a guy who's owned it forever. The thing was meticulously t- kept up, and he just drives it and enjoys it. And it was like five, six grand. He, don't, that's don't, a good buy. Don't shop okay. turbos. Don't throw the turbo right out. Yeah. If you can find a clean one, they're, they're rattling around this cost. You're just going to have to be prepared for when stuff breaks. It's going to be expensive, but that's a possibility. I, I know I'm in, I'm in wild card possibly breaking the bank here because of the maintenance budget, but I did want to bring that up. I, I'm sorry to, to circle back, but... MX-5s are a great option here. I like your MR2 Spider. The problem with the MR2 Spider is it's less usable. If you do want to throw a bunch of bags in it and go somewhere, your bags are in your lap.
0: True, true. But it's just the, MX-5, the lightweight,
1: yeah, all, you know, very totally. much an alternative. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's, it's a very good alternative, and it's absolutely right for the price.
0: Or a flood-damaged Panamera or a submerged Cayman.
1: Maybe. For, for sale.
0: Submerged <laughs> Cayman. Submerged in water, the same color as the paint. Come see it. It's awesome. No, it's still submerged. That's why it's for sale. It shows, we haven't pulled it out so, yet. It so, says at
1: the bottom, never seen snow. Shows well. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> exactly. but let's talk, can we
0: talk about Never the, seen a drop of rain either.
1: <laughs> never seen a drop of rain, but it's submerged in the ocean. So shall we try to answer uh, the question about Clem's wife? I'd like to hear your answer. Uh, Clem, like I don't your know thoughts. your wife, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. But I'm just going to speak to it from a personal standpoint. My wife is uh, she's a car girl by proximity. okay? She, by being in the same vicinity of you? Exactly, because I will not shut up, and now neither will my son. So she's just kind of <laughs> like, oh, we're doing the car thing again. Uh, she actually, I will say this. One of the things that turned her interest a little more to cars was actually watching UK Top Gear. Mm. because she found the entertainment value in the show outside of the cars. Yeah, she will enjoy that, as a matter of fact. And and she knew, I mean, look, this show has been a big part of my life. Paul's one of her good friends as well. Both of our lives are wrapped up in this show for the last decade. She, by by default, wants to have a little bit of interest to understand what we're interested about. Mm-hmm. But there is a layer, honestly, in our shows right now. She could watch, pick pick one of our shows right now. And there will be some moment, about 25% in, where she her eyes just go
0: glassy and she goes, you've just gone too technical and I don't care anymore. And we're not that technical. I, I agree. Although there is a point I'd like to make okay. that your wife, her driver's ed car that she learned to drive stick shift yes. in yes. was a Porsche 911. Yes. Who gets to say that? Well, here's here's what happened. My wife
1: uh, grew up in Dallas and yeah. the, at the time we were growing up, you know, you had a lot of places the little private driver's ed thing
0: yeah and
1: the driver's ed thing that happened to be honestly this is this is true down the block from where she lived had like base mustangs and like three 911s and that was those were the cars and i think they were actually automatic 911s by the way but still it's not okay a i'm so, fine with that so she specifically thought i'm gonna actually make sure i plan all of my schedule so the nights i'm there are always weeknights so i can have one of the 911s because she was a teenage girl and she just thought, I'm learning to drive in a Porsche. The thought was no more, no further than that. But she loves to rub our noses in it because Paul and I, until we did 50 years of 9-11, had <laughs> barely driven any 9 I don't think I'd ever driven one. Yeah. She was like, I learned to drive in one. She just loved. She still gets mileage she out of that. She grinds our faces still in Still gets that. mileage out of that. Yeah. And it wasn't about her enthusiasm. It was just about 16-year-old girl going, I'm learning to drive in a Porsche. <laughs> uh, so now she owns a, a Cayenne and I have to keep telling her. Be careful. But anyway, <laughs> so, so there is that, that thing about exposing your wife to things in the car world that she might enjoy as well because they're interesting. And like, I like your road trip idea.
0: I'm just thinking, you know, the, the thought process is yeah. something you both can enjoy together. She gets to plan it. Mm-hmm. You've got input.
1: Blah. Where can we go when it involves a car? It's not about the car, but it involves the car. right? My wife and I did, for our 10th anniversary, we did a, a drive up the Pacific Coast Highway in my 300ZX. It's a great idea. And That's we just good. enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. Took the teetops off, didn't take a bunch of stuff so we had, you know, stuff in the in the hatch and the teetops. Your toothbrushes. And, yeah, a little more than that. But but we just enjoyed that drive. It was a spectacular drive. We didn't plan huge like marathon days, like 150 miles a day, which is easy. It's easy. Stop as much as you want. I was going to say, if there's a
0: place you want to go look and, hey, let's pull off here and look at the view. So,
1: you know, and also you have to let her drive. You have to include her in the driving part. Yeah. To see if she enjoys driving the car. All of this, Clem, is backed by one big thing. If she doesn't, that's okay. Agreed. Because Agreed. that can be the hard part. She has stuff she's interested in, whatever it is, that you're like, really? <laughs> Honestly, that's a thing for you? And you know smart... Hopefully, you're smart enough to be like, I'm not going to say that.
0: <laughs>
1: I should, it's not my we'll thing, We'll do it maybe, for you, Clem. But okay. So anyway, so she may not like it, and that's fine. But I think the edges of what her interest is... Again, I put my wife on the track in the Lotus, and that was a little bit too much at once. We'll try that again, but I've got to talk her back into that. So yeah, she was overwhelmed. She was. So I think... Try to share things about it that are car-related but not car-hardcore, like a trip. And if she likes that, great. And
0: if she doesn't, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, you've got some decisions to make as well, Clem. Thank you very much for writing to us. We always appreciate it. And I hope that everybody listening, you like listening to this stuff too because uh, we sure get a kick out of it. And uh, it's fun just to debate people's stories too. It's, for sure, yeah, yeah. It's great fun. We're going to move on to questions here and uh, – Take uh, a few minutes, like I said, to answer some of these great questions.
1: Uh, okay, so I very quick one, and then I have a serious one.
0: Uh, okay. John, Justin
1: Hughes wrote in on Twitter, what is the average airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And my answer to you is African or European. Moving on. <laughs> I knew that was uh, coming. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Uh, Nico asked a very interesting question on Instagram. What are our thoughts on the Motor Trend YouTube channel essentially being shut down? This is great. If you've noticed, maybe you have, go to the channel right now. YouTube.com slash MotorTrend, they have five and a half million subscribers. They are the big dog of automotive Astounding. on YouTube. Yeah. They are at a level beyond everybody else. Even the vloggers, they're, the car vloggers, yeah. they're way beyond all of them. Okay, They are moving all of their upcoming stuff that would have gone to YouTube, which essentially would have been the stuff, the stuff on demand. If you've been paying for MotorTrend on demand, you've got it in advance anyway. And then it's eventually worked its way to YouTube. They're moving all the YouTube stuff off YouTube, going forward, and you're going to be able to have it either on Motortrend.com or on the app. And if you watch the promo here, included there are a lot of Velocity and Discovery shows because 10, the Enthusiast Network, that is the parent company of of Motortrend, merged, got bought, did an agreement with Discovery in the last year or so. This is the result of that. I'm not going to try to get down into the whys and the I thinks and this is how this is going to work because I don't know. But I will say this. When the largest YouTube car car channel decides, we don't want to do YouTube anymore. That is a massive indictment of the fact that YouTube is not the place to be if you produce produced content quality. I'm nodding over here. Agreed. That's I mean they we've been saying for a while they are moving more and more toward vlogging. it's being discussed elsewhere. We were just on Matt Ferris' podcast that's coming up in a little while. We talked about it on there, yeah, if you're not vlogging on youtube you're not there's no other way to make good money. If you want to produce content, looks like produced i put it another way, looks like television stuff, not like vlogger stuff. youtube's the wrong place for it now, and I'm sorry, but if the big dog leaves, that just says further that this is what's going
0: on. Look, Nico, I've been talking about uh, this to Todd, and the the best example that I can come up with right now is Napster. You remember the free music, and everybody discovered the, uh, you know, Napster, whatever it is, the the bit streaming services, and you could just suddenly get all your favorite songs. Everything was free. And because everything was ripped and stolen. Exactly. But suddenly, music had no value the talent to write and produce and sing and play those songs that you love had no value to you anymore. And I admit, I participated in that like crazy. I still have a bunch of MP3s that are all (laughs) ripped and... Knock, knock, knock. Yeah, I hear you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just, I'm looking at that as an example of nearly immediately after that happened, iTunes came along. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every song was 99 cents. Yep. And it it caught on like wildfire. There were a few others that came out. Sony had a lame one. And, yeah. you know, there was that Zune from Microsoft. Apple dominated the marketplace. They still do. Yeah. Yeah. And it brought back value to music for, you know what? I, I can get that song. I can feel comfortable that it was legal download. I'm mm-hmm. supporting the artist. Mm-hmm. I can even pay more now for a higher quality version. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm willing to do that. I think people will eventually come around and then realize YouTube is becoming very quickly the, you know what? It doesn't have any value if I don't pay for it. It's like somebody letting you live in their place for free. Well, you're not going to mm. take care of it. You're not going to help out with the dishes of that because it has no value to you. Interesting. It's, it's Interesting. not worth anything to you. But if you're paying for something, and then knowing you're supporting that, yeah, and supporting the people who produce it, and Let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again a decision to make. Not everybody wants to do that. Okay, but uh, yeah, I, I think we're in that place with digital media and television. Okay, because now here we are. We're used to free. We've been, you know so inundated with yeah. free and the internet should be free but what about the effort and time and money and people getting paid well, to the, go to produce that the content the good
1: stuff costs money to produce and therefore it costs money to see that's, that's as It's al- always you been buy. the model it's always been the model and clearly you know youtube has disrupted the model for a while but based on what's
0: happening at youtube right now i think it's still proving true i mm-hmm. i'm uh, i'm just I'm fascinated by this. I mean, it's still going to be a long time, ongoing shakeout, sure. sort out. There'll
1: be there'll be exceptions to the rule off and on,
0: for I mean, sure. I yeah. hope it's not just one big, you know, like an iTunes. One company dominates everything, and that's mm. the portal, but it already kind of is going that way. Netflix. Anyway, yeah. I mean, Amazon's up there, but... They do a staggering amount
1: of every bit of web traffic on the planet is going yeah. to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fox asked an interesting question on Facebook. He said, okay, a car that handles great in spite of being really heavy, like a car that handles great for being a big car. Oh, yeah. Is is that better, more rewarding, than a car that handles disappointingly for a light car? I see where you're going. He's asking, does light tr- lightweight trump all? And I'm going to speak to this because I like light cars. Mm-hmm. And I it bothers me when a car weighs 4,000 pounds. Well, yeah. But I will say this to you, Adam. Nothing is worse than a car that disappoints. Period. If you drive a car that you're pleasantly surprised, this this handles really well for a huge car. And every time you push it, it's just, you know what? This is surprising. That will always be more satisfying than, shouldn't this car be better? Hmm. And I don't – throw out weight, throw out horsepower, whatever it is. A car that has enough personality and enough dynamics to surprise you with what it's capable of. I think that's true of people, too. If if something is surprising to you, you will latch onto that as that is worthwhile. If it doesn't meet up to the standard that you kind of expect it to have, it disappoints you, you're not going to continue with that. And cars are the same
0: way. Mm, Excellent. I'm going to leave that there and talk about Drew V's question. Asking us to name a car currently in production whose performance variant is as magnificent as the base level of that car is odious. Great word, (laughs) by the way. Yes, very good. Is such a car possible? Yes, it is. Or are the deficiencies of a poor foundation insurmountable? No, they are not. Where are you going? This car is out of production, unfortunately. But I can name one in production. Okay. The out of production car is the Mitsubishi Evo Ten. The base Lancer is horribly, I don't wish that on anybody. That's a great one. That's a great one. I'll buy you a Corolla before I'll make you drive a base Mitsubishi Lancer. Paul Schmucker, I'll buy you a Corolla. (laughs) That's actually your follow-up album right there. That's perfect. There's
1: the follow-up album. I need to have the songs, please. That's perfect. Go on.
0: The Evo 10 takes that base car and transforms it into the one of the most affordable, brilliant driving machines ever created. It's astounding I'm what that back car your can play do. There, of course, I am. The car that's in production. This is not quite as extreme as the Evo Ten, but how about the Fiat Five Hundred? The base Five Hundred is uninspiring, but yeah. the Abart interesting, quirky, fun, engaging, and a hoot. Yeah, well, but I would say that's true of the Fiesta as well.
1: Very much now, a the Fiesta. Fiesta is the Fiesta is still a little bit chuckable. It's not. It's a it's, decent car. It's the base not car is awful. Pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no Lancer. I, I like your Lancer. The Lancers a really, really good. One. <laughs>
0: that that car comes a long way through the process for yeah, sure. It does. I mean, let's replace body panels. Let's throw all yeah. the good parts on it, except the seats at the very last. But it's you like know. you drop
1: that in the studio, went, make this
0: good, and somebody went really. <laughs> that
1: can I have something else, please? Can I start with anything exactly. else? Yeah.
0: Why do I have to start with that cake batter? Aye. All
1: right. Uh, what else on here? As always, uh, so many good ones. Uh, let's see. Oh man, that BMW one is is complex. I may come back to that. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. How would you go about learning stick? B Burles on uh, on Instagram. Big guy wants to learn to drive stick. Feels like he's missing some missing out. I'm gonna say Turo, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say see if you can find on Turo I, I, like MX5 Miatas. You tend to be able to find those in stick shift. That would be accessible. See if you can find that in stick shift. I've seen occasionally golfs or GTIs in stick shift, occasionally. But I've definitely seen consistently when we've gone places where we've looked up Turo or just for the fun of it. Yes, it's on my list of random things to look up. Uh, I found MX-5s in manual. I will say this, though. You need to rent it, and you need to rent it with a friend who knows how to drive stick. And the two mm. of you do this together. Do not pick up a manual transmission car from the owner and lurch your way down the drive. That's terrible. Don't do that to the yeah. person. Have your friend take you to a parking lot and just learn. Uh, that's what I would say is, is Turo one. I, I, I hate to do that to somebody's clutch, but at the same time, if you get a light car that's easy to drive stick, you won't do that much damage if you're not out there trying to hoon it. I don't know of another way to do this if you don't know anybody that has a manual transmission car. Because you're not going to get one from a dealer. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it, it's a hard situation. You know, it really is. And you got to find somebody that has one.
0: I'm going to try to get through th- three questions as quick as I can. Okay. There's a question from David P. on Twitter about tips for heel and towing. Okay. I will say start in higher gears and go from sixth to fifth. Because mm, this, yeah, I see that. I see see that. that. revs are going to be a lot lower. You're not going from third way down into second and really have to blip the throttle hard. I see that, yeah. Go start way high in the gears and feel what that is like, and then work your way towards the third to second up to a hard corner. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna piggyback on that. That's a great idea because you know what's
1: really easy is if you're going highway speeds in sixth. Mm-hmm. See if you can blip the throttle just well enough, and don't even don't even try to do this fast. By the way, don't right. even try to do this do this do this over the course of five seconds. Right. See if you can push the clutch in, get the RPMs up perfectly for fifth, that when you slot fifth and you let the clutch out, the car didn't lurch at all. Mm-hmm. Do it like in one, two, three kind of steps. Don't try to to, to blip it fast at all. That yeah, you know, That's a great one. That's the motion in really slow-mo.
0: Yeah, very much so. That way you're not going, oh, am I going to over-rev and you know, blast it all the way up to 8,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't need to do that. Start that's at the, an interesting in, in the high I, gears. I hadn't thought of it that way. I see what you're doing. Okay, next question about what uh, What else? Randomness asking on Instagram any basic maintenance items on your cars that we refuse to tackle ourselves, <laughs> despite them being relatively simple. And that is any task that requires a special tool,
1: and mm. that special
0: tool can include a lift. We would love to have access to a lift, but Wouldn't for be low nice? cars, yeah, 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 I don't want to jack the back end of the Cayman way high in the air because all the oil is not going to drain out properly.
1: Sure, I see that. So. Yeah.
0: It's an easy task to do, but I don't have the right tool for the job. You don't want to take the front clam off your Lotus and dive deep down into, you know, Radiatorville or whatever's down there yeah. if there's special tools involved. It's not that the work is too hard. It's just special tools.
1: Well, and there's also a standpoint of thinking about if I can do this and it's going to take 12 hours and I can pay someone to do it, and it's going to take six hours. Do I have 12 hours to spare? Mm-hmm. That's a real big question for me these days with the show and with a wife and with a son. Yeah, can where is my time best served? Right. Do I want to pay somebody to do something I could do myself? Not necessarily, but I am in a weird way buying my time back. That's always a big consideration on my end of just going. You know what? And then when it gets to stuff that's on the fringe, it's like maybe I could do it. <laughs> I've learned enough to pay somebody because now if it's done wrong, they have to fix it. If I do it wrong and then take it to them, I'm, I'm paying
0: twice. Right. Which is exactly terrible. with your time and your money. Okay. Last super quick question. SG photo two is asking, how do you decide what tire pressure you want to run with aftermarket tires? Well, they're all pretty much aftermarket because you know, <laughs> Ford doesn't make Ford tires. This is true. But this I get your true. point yes. because they're OEM tires recommended for the car. I get yeah. your point. Yeah, yeah. I watch mine. Yes. On the instrument panel, but I'm, He's asking, what am I looking for when I do? I'm looking for big discrepancies. I'm looking mm-hmm. for, okay, the the tires should be heating up. They're all generally in the same range. Whoa, that right rear, yeah. that's way off. Yeah. What's going yeah, yeah. on there? I agree. Massive discrepancies in, in scale. Of course, read your recommended tire manufacturer, uh, the guidelines for mm-hmm. what the car you're running, and then yeah. look in forums too because people will recommend, hey, in warmer temperatures, here's what I found is great. Try that for a while. See if you like it. You know what are the steering imp- inputs like? Do you like a softer ride? Do you like yeah, the harder yeah, rock yeah. hard? You know tires.
1: Well, and you can even go into a situation where if you go onto forums and 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 look at where guys track the car you have, there will invariably be a thread about tire pressures. Mm-hmm. What tire mm-hmm. pressures they run to run track? And some guys like the car to be more tail happy. Sometimes some guys don't. And here's how I run my tires. But right. If you really want to get into the weeds, you can go there quick because somebody has already played with this, and you can find what you like. Can I do two and try to do them quick? Do it. Let's do these, it. These are big ones, but I want to try to do them quick. Photo Stu asked the question about, should it, forget for a second, tuning out of class. Can you buy cars out of class? Meaning you aren't ready for that car yes, oh. yet. Yes, Stu, you can. You said you know, you've come out of front-wheel drive, low horsepower. Should you buy a uh, GT350 or Z06? You could. I don't think you should. I think there should be a mid-grade car that gets you into that drive line, even if it's a brief thing. Mm. If, if you've never driven rear-wheel drive and you jump to a Z06, I will help pull you away from the tree, okay? Because it's just <laughs> it, it, – it, sorry, but, but this <laughs> is a problem. Now, now, luckily, you know, modern traction control is there to help you in a lot of cases. But that is a lot of car for anyone, let alone I've never done this before. That's why you see guys, they get a bunch of money. They're .com sold. They get a bunch of money. They buy a Lamborghini. And guess what? The next day they wrecked it. This yeah. this is not a, a surprising progression, Okay, you got out of a Camry, you bought an Aventador, you wrecked the event Of course you did, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I feel like if it's not a car, it, it can be life experience. Can you go to some track days and drive some rear-wheel drive stuff and understand That's the dynamics? Good. Some sort of middle ground step is, is necessary, I feel like. Maybe it's not a car, but don't make just the leap and be like, I got this, because you don't. <laughs> okay, so there's that. That's very good. Uh, Scimitar Star asked this question about BMWs, and I'm not going to get too far into it, but I want to try to touch on it. He said, when we start talking BMWs, we lose him. Hmm. We go E30, E46, E36. What are we talking about? Do you know Porsche? I'm going to talk to Porsche for a second. Because Excellent. Porsche has, if you watch our 50 years of 911, they're all the 911, as far as we know. All the generations are called right. the 911, but it's actually only the first model variation that was called the 911. And then they have internal designations. If you, if, you were, if you want to get into the weeds, it's the model designation number for that chassis. The Mini I have is a 2005 Mini Cooper. It's also, internal designation, the R53. Am I going to go around and call it the R53? I am not. <laughs> will will guys that are really into minis want to talk to me about the R50? Sure, they will. Just wait you, till we get to engine codes. Exactly from Nissan. Need, here's the thing: Do you need to know that? You don't need to know that. No, you, it's a three series. When we talk E30, we're talking about ones from the 80s. We talk E36, we're talking ones from the 90s. E46 is ones from the 2000s. Those numbers don't relate to each other. from a, From like an outside perspective, it's like, what are those numbers? Right. But if you drill down, that was the BMW development code of that model. Mm-hmm. so that they knew internally. Because if BMW said we're making the new 3 Series, everybody would be like, which one is this? Oh, you're talking about the E30, internal designation codes. Do you need to know these? You do not. Okay? You do not. We're mentioning them because it gives you an ability to find. Honestly, Wikipedia cross-references these. Yep. You can look up and you can find, oh, they mean that generation. Don't feel like you you need to know this. It's not necessary. It's the same with what's a 964 versus a 993. That's two different generations of the 911. I've lost a huge group of you by doing that, okay? (laughs) And is it necessary you know that? It isn't. Welcome to 911s. It's much easier for us than try to speak in a range of years but that's what's going on. We're talking about internal
0: designation number versus the model. And the model is what they sell it as. Agreed. A bit of historical reference for you, and that is BMW Mercedes used to follow pretty closely, pretty strictly. The you know the 328 used to mean, okay, that's the 3 Series. That's the size of the car. This is the marketplace where it is at. And the engine displacement was mm-hmm. a 2.8 liter engine. Yeah, it used to be. That was really cool when it happened. That's completely out the window. Mercedes <laughs> has done terrible things yeah. by having, you know, the, the 6.3 liter badge, <sighs> but it's a 6.2 liter Exactly. But they, why, why done did you get a 2.? Could you not find 2s? Were they out of 2s? Yeah, did the supplier not anyway? So that is the historical reference where that all started. They don't adhere to that as much anymore, but the 3, the 4, the 5 series, those still indicate the class of car that the market is at it competes against say the Audi A5 the 5 series mm-hmm. or you know what I mean even though it's technically yeah. the A6 yeah. competes against the 5 series I'm not going to try <laughs> anyway it would now, 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 now I want to hurt myself yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but just a little historical reference the class of car plus the size of the engine that kind of made sense that would have made sense I wish was we was a Bob Lutz creation
1: actually yeah he was v- very involved yeah. in going guys let's figure this out and that's great now numbers mean
0: nothing they mean nothing <laughs> So hopefully we haven't confused you further. And, uh, guys, thank you so much for writing to us. We really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will
1: certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
0: What's with Janet Spangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no.
1: Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's
1: pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...